Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, live action from Kansas City, Missouri. You already know. Look, and before y'all get to clowning, I already know. Yes, yes, we lost a 21-3 lead. I'm really not trying to hear it, to be honest. So keep that shit out of my comments and uh, keep that to yourself. But we're still going to be back there next year. And this teaches everybody in the city how to be humble and uh, appreciate a long journey. So um, I'm, I'm lit for that. But look, we're back again with another episode. Like I tell you guys every other week, we're coming back with a fire guest. I've done it once again. I don't lie. I only tell the truth. Honesty is the foundation of all human virtues, and y'all should know that by now. So introducing my guy coming all the way in live on the, on the, on the camera cast on your computer on your iphone from dallas texas go ahead and introduce yourself my brother what up i'm dej patel content creator photographer filmmaker very excited to be here and thank you for that introduction because it was very hype you're very good at those (laughs) (laughs) hey man we just just try to bring the energy man so i see i see you're in your space it looked like that's how you know he's a content producer when you got a space like that you know got white background that's crazy it's going, it's going. I had to clean it up a little bit before I hopped. <laughs> I had to hop up here. I cleaned up a little bit. It's about as clean as it gets. I love it. I love it, man. So, man, like I told you before, we started recording. I want to thank you for allowing, you know, me some time to talk to you today, be able to discuss your journey and talk about, you know, you and, and everything you're doing now and moving forward, man. The whole podcast is about bringing, you know, black and brown creatives and entrepreneurs on to discuss you know, what they do for a living, what their passions are, and, and discussing the process um, that led them, you know, to where they're at today. So I appreciate you uh, giving us some time today. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's so that's so valuable. I love like what you're doing with the podcast for that reason, because just diving into these stories, like it helps so many people. That's why I even try to tell my story as much as possible, because it's not really about necessarily myself, of course, it helps me, but it's like, other people get some value out of that mm-hmm. representation man that's that's exactly the, that's the a big major thing. importance representation is like key so many people forget like especially i say it so much on the podcast about why i do this but like y'all got to understand and i'm sure the, you know some of my audience does understand we got a mixed audience but i'm sure some of you guys understand when you were younger like we only had you know it, it might be a little bit different for you and i would love for you to share um, but like for me, I only had two types of people to really look up to as something I could become when I'm older, either a rapper or a basketball or a football player. And I was like, well, all right, I guess that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play sports or be a rapper. And so when, when I was like 17, 18, I graduated and I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to the NFL. <laughs> I'm not going to the NBA. I'm not going D1. I'm not talented at rapping. I was like kind of had like a crisis. And then fortunately enough, you know, found my way, you know, the next few years. But um, with that being said, can you kind of share, you know, when you were growing up, maybe what were some of the expectations from society, from family or, or representation that, that, you know, you saw growing up for people who looked like you of where you thought you was going to be when you were like 20 or when you were an adult? Yeah, no, I mean, I think what you're saying is ex- exactly right. I think like, depending on our background, we all are presented this certain view and a certain box of where we're supposed to fit into And that's just what's presented to us growing up. So it's like, whatever you see growing up, that's how you think, all right, like I'm going to likely be in one of these categories because that's Mm -hmm. where my people that look like me are fitting into. And if I'm not in that, then 
like i don't know like it makes you feel like a failure in a way if you don't make it like i i know that growing up for me as an indian kid there's just like the typical stereotypes like indians are either doctors lawyers engineers specifically like doctors or engineers it's like if you're not doing that then what are you doing with your life and that's kind of our our society has that expectation and and growing up on tv you see characters like baljeet and different things like that which put us in this box like of an indian kid can't do something cool you got to be the nerdy kid you got to be the comic relief you can't have any style to you can't do anything creative or cool it's like we're in this box and like i never fit into that box i mean no like you know really nobody fits into that box that's presented to us like nobody really does but i of course felt like i don't fit into the box i don't really agree with this and i started going down my own path over time but yeah oh yeah and i kind of want to like ask you what when was like the who's the earliest memory you have of like you know a brown boy a brown girl like that was doing something different you were like oh shit all right well I guess I don't have to be an engineer I don't have to be a doctor I don't have to go that standard path that society has like placed upon me like who was the first person you remember being like oh shit like like for me that was that was like I, I when I started like maybe like 16 or something I started watching like old hip-hop videos and started watching Dame Dash I started watching Jay-Z and seeing a lot of them like talk about the business and talk about how they built this up and Damon John with FUBU and like just started like tapping into like hip-hop culture and hip-hop entrepreneurship and I was like oh so you don't have you can you can be more than just the rapper there's stuff outside of that there's like business and that's when I was like oh shit I think that's the route I want to start looking at so like who was that for you like who were the who are the people that stood out to you and kind of inspired you to move into like creativity and content creation and business? Yeah, I would say, I would say I was definitely inspired by so many like of the early YouTubers, mm-hmm. specifically like, you know, so, so many of the early YouTubers like were more so East Asian. Like I'm, I'm Indian, but I, I used, there wasn't even like an Indian on the platform that I was looking at in the early early days Indians did come but there was people like you know Ryan Higa Kev Jumba like everybody was watching those guys when when I was growing up in like elementary school and they were Asian they used talking about East Asian things which was cool and I actually related to a lot of it and then people like Lily Singh hopped on the platforms people like Just Rain like and they were still in that comedy niche but I realized that this is cool because they're just making videos and they make like if I saw like from the early days of how they like progress, like from making videos in their in their room to like being really big YouTube stars. And I was like, this is really cool because I've always been interested in that, like just like that, that YouTube world, because it felt so accessible to me versus like the and and the other side of me always wanted to be like this big working on big productions, doing big movies and 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 that thing. But I always felt like, like, it felt like so crazy to me to even do that. So I was like, YouTube is cool because like, they're doing it like I could do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so those were the people that I really were, made me feel, I guess, in a way that, oh, yeah, like, this is something that I could do. I love it. I love it. And I think sometimes people often forget, like, 
why so many people are attracted to becoming content creators now like and you just gave kind of a great example um where it seems 50 times more tangible you know like than 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 you know becoming this huge hollywood actor which is also possible but seems kind of like oh that's that's a whole new world but when you're watching these people at the at the beginning and you're watching them progress through their you know, YouTube journey from, like you said, their basement, from their bedroom, from their garage. The garage then, right here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> major vibes, major vibes. Yeah. Y'all about, y'all about to see what's going to happen. Y'all, yeah. <laughs> but you see them, you see them start there and then you see their journey progress. And then from there, they're like, oh, like, you know, like finally I'm making enough money from YouTube or from this brand deal or this, you know, we'll, we'll get into that later, but getting um, this opportunity, I'm getting into my first apartment. Then you see them in their small little studio apartment, but it's their own. And then you see them progress to this yeah. and this and this. That's the coolest part. Yeah. That's the, the coolest it's part. It's the journey. It's the journey. That's the most powerful. And I think when people understand that, just, you know, when we, when we apply that, that same concept to life, like that's where the growth and the, and the happiness and the joy really happens is in the progression to where you want to be. Once you get there, like it's over. You it's get what done. I'm saying? You already so, did it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then you got to create 70,000 new goals, which is why people get stressed and are never happy with the amount of money they get or this, because the, the their understanding of the journey is different. It's they're focused on the goal instead of enjoying and embracing the process. Right. Exactly. I, I like it. what you said. I think, yeah, that's a big point. Like that whole journey aspect, I think is one. So there's two things I want to say. One is that that journey aspect is so crucial because that's where people are building their relationship with these creators. And that's where they're getting inspired to be like, I could do this too. Like, cause I actually saw it. Like I saw the whole thing, like they were relatively undiscovered and we see it every day on these platforms that we see a relatively undiscovered person go from not like pretty much nothing to somebody you just saw to something really big. And that's, that's a big deal because at the end of the day, like I'm making films, like I'm always I'm into making films and photos and everything I've been doing only to really inspire other people mm-hmm. to, to make impacts. And I'm, I realize, especially watching people like Casey Neistat as well on YouTube that, well, I don't need to make like a big, huge movie production to impact people. I can mm-hmm. do that. Just making simple videos, making impactful videos that don't need a big budget. I can do it just myself using whatever skills I have, whatever story I want to tell. I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the, the audience probably picked up on it by now, but let's, let's talk about what you do. What, what do you do? What, what do you spend your time doing? What is your, what is your job? What is your work? What is your creativity? Where do you put all that energy? What are you interested in? Cause you know, me, I can define you maybe as a, from my perspective, as a, you know, creator but how do you define yourself and and the work you do no I would agree with you I'm I'm definitely a creator and I like to say like I'm half artist and half business in that way meaning that I'm always those two sides of me is like the yin and yang like they're always kind of going against each other but they also support each other so on the same time like me being a creative and me pursuing telling my own stories and being a content creator on the whole other side I've I'm telling other people's stories. So I'm helping brands. I'm helping people tell their stories. So most recently I've been working with the NFL to create content for them this season. 
And, you know, I was working with pretty much, I shoot all the home games for the Cowboys. So that's what I've been doing. And before that, and still I'm working with Zeke, Zeke Elliott, who's running back on the Cowboys. So doing content for him, doing content for other players too, like CD Lamb. And overall, just working with different brands and people with personal brands, helping them tell their stories. I mean, that's really my skill. So I've been doing that for years and years, just trying to work with as many people as possible that trust me to do that for them. And, and I love doing that because I get to experience new things and just meet so many cool people that trust my vision to, to help them with whatever they are trying to do, whatever story they're trying to tell or their goals. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And I want to like, kind of double back to like, you know, when you were super young, you know, you're 10, 11 years old, did you foresee yourself being a content creator there? I know you, um, a creator, a, a brand developer. I don't want to just limit you to one box or anything. You're but, cool. I like uh, the creator. I like the name creator. We could say, say you roll with uh, that. So did you yeah. know that you were going to be a creator at that point? I know you mentioned like some of the early YouTubers that you um, got into and that other people were watching these YouTubers. So at that point, when you started like, I guess, interacting on YouTube, were you like, oh, this is what I'm going to do? Or were you kind of like, this is just entertainment and I'm focused on something else? What were like your early goals when you're like, a young man or a young teenager before, you know, you, you dived into the, the life of being a full-on adult. <laughs> yeah. So in fourth grade, I de- remember this specific moment. I told my art teacher, cause he was asking everybody in the class, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? When he got to me, I was like, I want to be a photographer. And I really think I only told my art teacher because I thought that being a photographer was ridiculous. Uh, like to everybody else. Like I wouldn't tell anybody else, but I told my art teacher because he's my art teacher. Like he makes sculptures for a living. So I'm like, you know, he'll understand. So I told him like literally just a casual class ask. It wasn't even that serious, but I remember it because I was like, he actually told me like, he was like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. Like, you know, our high school has these little programs to develop film at the time. Like he's thinking film, like we don't even know <laughs> what that by the time I got to high school, I was, all about to be digital but um but yeah like I told my my fourth grade art teacher that I want to be a photographer but it was so interesting because I, I I guess at the same time like I always wanted to also relate that into just being a YouTuber as well because I was trying to make small little dumb videos on YouTube when I was a kid too which hopefully the world never finds because I don't I don't I think they're still there but um, audience engage search audience engage, engage search, search. <laughs> yeah yeah they're about to engage in search but um <laughs> yeah but pretty much like i kind of always wanted to do youtube but more so i saw like photography and video as like i guess more of like a path that like i saw that okay i could actually 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 kind of do that i love it i love it and so we're transitioning into high school you're 17 18 are you taking a lot of photography classes are you taking a lot of uh you know digital media classes what are you doing with your time when you're a teenager or are you out here wilding what 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 are you doing when you're (laughs) yeah no i i pretty much yeah so like when i was in high school i definitely was in the video classes at school so one of our classes was actually two two blocks long so like you could say a big part of my I think it was like two or three like 
blocks of the day were just that that class. So you could say like a huge part of my high school time in high school was dedicated to that because when I got there, I I just uh, I I got into that class and I think I took that class longer than most people because I was just like this is what I want to do. Uh, so I took that class longer than most people. And in fact, because I had already like built up so much knowledge over the years, I kind of already knew a lot of the things that we were learning, but the class was also very hands-on. So like I could, it wasn't much like the teacher would sit there and talk. It was more like go out there and just make stuff. Every mm. every week we would make Man. some new thing. So I really enjoyed that. And I just made like a bunch of like, like trash films, but that's got me better. <laughs> yeah. And I got to just work with the classmates there. And then my last year, I actually had to drop that class because I was like, okay, I'm doing video, but I actually want to learn photography. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell my teacher, like, hey, I'm not going to be in your class. He was kind of mad for a little bit, but <laughs> he was like, damn, like, I thought, you know, like we had, like, he wanted me to stay in his class. But I, I was like, I have to, I have to leave for photography. So then I had a cool, I liked my photography teacher too. So, um, I learned a lot in that class as well. I wouldn't say I necessarily learned a lot, but I got to do a lot, which in turn, like, allowed you let to me learn, you allowed the, me to learn. Yeah. yeah. You got, the it's just about in. doing. Yeah. I got the reps in exactly. And that's all it is. Like you can, you can only learn so much without doing. So I like the way those classes were. We, we did a lot. So yeah, that's pretty much it. But, Amazing. And you, you transition, you go to the University of uh, what, Arlington or Texas? Arlington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the University <laughs> of Texas at Arlington. There we so, go. There we go. Yeah. Right. University of Texas at Arlington. You study, what is it, communications technology or something? Yeah, so that, so that, like in the middle is a big part of my story. I say, like, this is yeah, something sure. I usually say often, but in high school, I obviously, you know, dreamed about every day being in those classes and taking that every day I would be so engrossed in that environment like yeah like I want to be a filmmaker I want to do this I want to like this is what I want to do I love it so much I had so much so many years of that experience and and whatnot but when it got time to actually make that decision I remember in high school I'm looking at like what my options were you know my senior year and I'm like, dang, like, I wish I could go to film school at like NYU. I wish right. I could go to USC for film school. Mm-hmm. And part of me, like, really, really wanted to do that. I think a part of me was honestly just lazy. Like, I didn't look into this stuff early enough. A part of me didn't believe in myself. I was like, dang, like, I don't have like the work. Like, you need so, like to make short films and you need to do this and that. Like, like, I'm not good enough for this. Like, there was a lot of things. But more so than that, I just didn't go to film school because I felt like it's not really for me. Mm. And I was like, you know, let me think about what I actually see myself doing that's realistic in a way when I was a senior. So I decided, you know what, like, I'm not going to go to film school. I'm going to toss that to the side. Like, I'm going to I'm going to actually just go and do computer science. So that's what I did when I went to UTA. I was like, I'm just going to do computer science because it's like the stable career. It's what everybody's doing. It's, it's something that gives you that status in a way. It's like, quote unquote, the right thing to be doing. And I didn't want to do the wrong thing, which to me felt like filmmaking. Hmm. And 
very interesting yeah yeah so i actually went my first uh one or two basically i spent like a year in that but that that year or two that i was in computer science like that's when everything started kind of getting together right yeah so you do something that you don't want to do and and that's how you find that (laughs) (laughs) you find out what you really want to do for real like hell yeah I, I love that i love that i love that and i also find it interesting i feel like so many people you know probably people listening right now are like going through that same struggle where they're like they have this this creative urge to like tap into those juices that have been flowing through them since they were a kid but there's just this i think it's i think it's kind of dwindling a little little by little now um due to just like changes in society but there's still that energy around anything in the creative world where it's like this isn't a real job this isn't the right thing to do you're wasting your time you're gonna end up broke you're gonna be a starving artist like there's all these like um i guess uh, negative frameworks uh, mm-hmm. mental frameworks that have been uh created around that community that it makes it tough for ch- children coming up who want to go that route to actually do it and i would say especially you know and i and i want to say especially because you know obviously we focus on these type of people in our audience, but like, especially like immigrant households, like if you're, if you're coming from, you know, like anything where like the family, your mom, your dad, maybe it's your grandparents, like moved to America for education. Like most of the time, that's what they'll say. We moved here to give you a better education or a better life, which oftentimes is true. But like, if you don't go, if you're like, I'm going to go be a creator, they're like, what the hell does that mean? YouTuber? What? Like, what? So, yeah. So it breaks their whole understanding of how this place works. And like, mm, it's, mm. it's so hard to kind of explain the way the world is moving to, you know, like our parents and whatnot. Like, how do know? you go about doing that? Have you had any like, like what's that been like for you whether it's with your mom or or dad or uncles or aunts like how has that gone for you explaining the work that you do and like how is how do those conversations go how are you navigating those conversations when you do have them so you know i have a very unique i'd say i also have like a very unique like thing so one thing is my parents are divorced as well. So it's really only my mom that had a big role in making decisions and whatnot in my life. And aside from that, it's like my mom is always very supportive and anything I would kind of do, like she would question it. Like when I wanted, when I started doing more photography and whatnot, like she would kind of question it, but I never also made a big deal out of it. I wasn't like, mom, I'm tired of this. I'm going to quit everything and just do like I never had that conversation I just kind of did it because I'm also like she's not like one of those helicopter parents where she's like where are you what are you doing like she trusts me to do everything I wanted like that's how I grew up like I I don't she's not in a way like a stereotypical immigrant parent like those that hover over me right which I know I've heard a lot of people's stories like that which I just don't have that (laughs) so but which I'm kind of glad but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, I have a lot of gratitude for that so like basically like when I'm in when I was in college and I actually ended up switching my major which we kind of skipped that part but like I switched my major to something pretty much easy that I kind of already knew how to do in a way and I did that that freed up a lot of my time to just work on photography and filmmaking so I'm like in school but really I'm building what I want to build. So like by the time I got out of school, which was just (laughs) networking with, which I didn't really know what I was building, but (laughs) I was just taking any opportunity I could to just film and photograph for people. 
Correct. at that time. And pretty much just building myself up as a creative, as a photographer, filmmaker, and trying to, I mean, my whole goal, which is what I'm doing right now, is just working with people to tell their stories visually. And so that's what I was doing when I was in college, the, the seeds of that. And by the time I graduated, like things were at this point where they were working out enough for me to just be like, hey, I like this is what I'm doing because I'm already like decently successful at it. And my mom had no problem because it was already she already knows she already knew that like people were coming up to her, especially I think it's so validating when like other people (laughs) come up to your parents and be like, oh, yeah, like I see your son like. You know, they, I feel like immigrant parents, at least in, in my community, they take a lot of, uh, they, it's always about like the opinions of others. So, right, right, <laughs> so right. it's, it, that's a heavily, like heavily important aspect. I wouldn't say like my mom is so like, oh, like, what do they think? What do they think? But in any, in any person's life, if somebody tells you, oh, your, your son is doing this, like, it's great. They're going to be like, oh, they're going to be lit. <laughs> they're going to be lit. They're going to be like, damn, yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. And I did. I that. knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be like, yeah, I did that. Like, yeah, yeah, I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So um, do you have a like, uh, I guess, uh, a brand or a business that you, um, I guess, put out to the to the world now i saw your email and i saw creator studios yeah um so yeah, yeah i'm wondering that's exactly is that is, is, okay awesome so i wanted to ask you kind of when that started i don't know if that started in college or if you came up with that idea or started like launching that with that name um in high school i wanted to know that and then my 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 second follow-up question to that would be you know what has been your biggest challenge in terms of developing the brand around you and around creator studios and maybe how did you overcome those those or that one yeah. <laughs> challenge i love those questions okay awesome so basically creator studios i believe i established it about three years ago and the reason i established it is because i realized that me as a video creator as the brand that i'm portraying outside to the world which is exactly the question that you're kind of getting at right is that me i only want to post things that i really really love And I only want to post the people I work with that I'm really, really like want to put out into the world, you know, social media, you're in control of your brand, your image. And so I really on my personal page, like Dejex Patel, like those is my personal brand. And so I would put out my own personal projects or, or work that I thought was, you know, pretty much something that I want my audience to see things that I'm creating out of passion or things that I think are cool, like I'm working on. And then on the business side, of course, Creator Studios is just, it's a company that specializes in video production. So we do everything from just helping like, you know, investors from helping things like small to medium sized businesses build their brands and tell their stories. These are things that I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily feel, and I obviously still don't feel that I need to market on my page as a creator because I'm trying to be a creator. I'm not trying to be necessarily like my, the business. Exactly. And I want to exactly build my business in a way where it also appeals to the type of market that I'm trying to get. Because I also realized that when you come on my page and like for the longest time, it's like, I had to make that separation because I just realized it would, it would pay off in the long term of like having, having my business. Like when, I know like the clientele I have and if they come to my 
my business page or they have they see my business brand and the way it is done, then they're likely to engage with that brand more versus my personal page, which may be a little bit more like like it's just a little bit more artsy. It's a little bit more like, you know, might be might be might be some fire photos of you. It might fi- be some some dope hip hop yeah. artists in the town that you love working with. Exactly. Exactly. Things that may not be um applicable to the direct niche market you're trying to work with when it comes to your business so i definitely feel that for sure yeah but what's really interesting in a way as well is that a lot of the people that do end up working with me i mean that's also like i haven't done as much marketing on my brand side i mean i established it for this purpose but i haven't and i have plans to do a lot more but like i don't really do too much on that side because a lot of it ends up being that they, you know, the clients that I do have, like, find me on my personal page, mm-hmm. and they like what's there. And so they they ask me to do things anyway. Like I get okay. people asking me to do so many things that I don't even really market. But love it. they all, you know, they might ask me to do XYZ video that is nowhere to be found on my page. But they asked me to do it because of just like that personal brand or like, you know, what, what they see going on. I mean, I think they people see what you're doing and they just want to be a part of it. And I do it like, I realized it just from talking to people, like documenting a lot of the things that I do, like when I'm going on shoots and just putting on my story, like it goes a long way in terms of people being like, Oh yeah. Like I want to shoot like this. Like I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, like when people reach out to you, like you're essentially with the content you're sharing it's inspiring and like tapping into what they're already envisioning for their own personal goals with their business or with their brand so it's like if I go on your page and I see you like a day in the life you know and you're like going to this shoot and going to this shoot and on this shoot you're like downtown with this dope background I'm like damn I really want that for my t-shirt brand and then it's going to inspire that and even though you don't post nothing about t-shirt brands I'm going to be like hey I saw you shoot at this place and I like the way you shot that I thought it was super dope can you do this and you're like actually i can do that you know what I'm saying? yeah so, yeah, so yeah exactly feel that and that all comes from you just being um open and and available and to share the content share your day-to-day life of what's going on and what you find to be interesting and what you find to be interesting might be exactly what i find to be interesting which is going to make me want to work with you, <laughs> you know yeah exactly it's, it's so interesting how it works out and I mean, at the end of the day, people, I mean, this is a common phrase, but people work with people. They don't work with Mm. people are working with people. So at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still the face of creator studios and it's like creator studios just lets me have some structure and organization, but you're still at the end of the day, like working with me. And that's, that's really why I know people at the current moment work, work with me is because it's like, I'm doing it. That's why they're going to come back to their experience yeah. with you as a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's why. And then like, that's where it gets struggling to scale a business. That's the hardest uh-huh. part. Exactly. No, <laughs> but, that's real. That's real. And, yeah. and speaking of brands and businesses and, and, you know, your journey, what are some of your favorite, like all time brands or companies that like had some super dope content that either inspire you today or inspired you in the past? Maybe there was. I don't know, a fucking Cheerios commercial that you thought was shot really well and inspired you. Like, are there any brands that the content that they're posting on their social channels or on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever they're sharing their content um, that really inspire you and you find to be super dope? Yeah, so I think I think first I think of like Nike and Apple as like the big top 
top ones. I think I really like it because I really like their content because it's always focused more so on storytelling. It's never focused on, and people always get this wrong. Like in our field, like people are always getting this wrong. Like it's always about the story. And I've always believed in that so heavily because at the end of the day, if you want to make more money for your business, people care about the story way more than they care about the product in a way, because you can get like the product is hundred percent important, but like you need a good product, but you also need to tell a good story for people to buy into your product. I mean, at the end of the day, like Nike is Nike because like, because of people that wear it because of the story and the symbolism behind it, it's, it's Nike. Like you can get an athletic shoe. You can get that clothing, like that's clothing, like, you know, fashion clothing in general, like people are wearing things because of what it represents. What's the story behind it? Even if they don't realize it, that's why they're wearing it. And I think that's just like why I really, really like those two brands. Like they always focus on, on the story. They're focused on when, when it comes to Apple, they're focused on, you can use this. They're not focused on the tool. They're focused on what that tool represents, which means you can use this MacBook to become like a, a dope producer, or you can use this iPhone camera to make films. Like they're focused on that. And I think, I think that's beautiful. I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't necessarily like it, it's beautiful in that way that there's storytelling and obviously it has a monetary purpose behind it, which right, but like is it, always something to play with, you know, with, as I said, artist and business always fighting each other always but fighting each that's other. that's where it aligns <laughs> and that's also where like the true uh like that's where like the explosiveness happens is when you figure out how to combine the two and let them live together in the same room and let them be unified and that the fact that they don't have to be so separated and so e- like money doesn't have to be evil and and it doesn't your your creativity doesn't have to be inspired by money your money doesn't have to be the reason you're doing creative if you can just do great work tell amazing stories produce amazing content produce amazing products produce amazing services you're gonna get paid regardless somebody's gonna try to pay you even if you offered it for free you know what i'm saying like if you try to offer your services for free for the rest of your life, bro, and you just kept making stupid fire shit, somebody's going to come around and be like, I don't want to do it for free. I want, I want to give you money. So that's yeah. going to that's gonna. Yeah, that's, that's practically what I did for real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> practically what I did for real like, at the beginning, which is a whole different topic that I realized in itself, which we might, we could touch on, we but touch like, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like, which I basically you know, starting out, I did a lot of work for free or for cheap just to build my portfolio up. And, and of course, like when you're starting out, like it's very hard to have that leverage. Like now I have a lot of leverage (laughs) in the way that like, this is the price, you know, this is the price range. Like it's, it's a lot easier to negotiate once you've been in the business and once you've been creating for a while. But like when you're starting out, it's so hard because you don't have any portfolio and nobody really is asking for you. You know, when you don't have people asking for you, you have to ask them. So it's hard for you to ask somebody if I can do something and you pay me for it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a misconception. I realized only recently, but I'll say that it is hard. That's what a lot of creators go through. And personally speaking, I did a lot of free or cheap work and to get to bigger opportunities or to build my portfolio and really make it look like I'm getting paid 
until somebody decided <laughs> to pay me. Yeah. No, I hear that. But how did you go about doing that? Because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is just like creating opportunities for yourself as a creative. Are you like, what was your strategy of getting work, I guess? Because like, I mean, maybe you were just posting content. And you That's how you started getting business from the very beginning. I don't know if that's exactly what happened, but like for you and based off of your experience, what do you suggest to other creators that are coming up? Says like a 16 year old, he just bought a camera and he's like, I'm about to start going ham. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what do you suggest he does to start, you know, making this be a career long-term? You get what I'm saying? What was, what was your strategy and what do you suggest to young people coming up? For sure. So I'd say there's definitely a couple ways to go about it, but it comes down to one thing is realizing that you have to knock on doors to get opportunities, especially in the beginning. Even when you get far in your career, even to, to this day, I have to knock on doors to get opportunities. I'm more likely to get those opportunities, but I still have to knock on those doors to try and get them. You know, like I'm more likely to get them than I was before, not in general, but, uh, (laughs) but what I mean to say is what I, what I used to do is actually just sit down and I used to go look at businesses that I thought I could help or people in my city that I could, I thought I could help. I would make lists of people. Like these are the people that are kind of popping in my city that I want to work with. And then I would reach out to them and I would really only reach out to them if I thought like, okay, like I can actually help them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this person has a That's fashion important. brand. That's important. Pause right there. Pause right there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> ge- I think a lot of people, as we start to get older, or once you've been in the game, or once you've been in business, or entrepreneur, or creative for long enough, you kind of figure this out. But for young people listening to this, you need to be providing value. You need to be providing value. It sounds like such a cliche statement, but it is one of the most important things. I don't care if you email 7,000 people. If you're not providing those 7,000 people value and you're not uh, putting it in, in, in words that uh, allow them to understand the value you're providing for them, you're not going to get opportunities. You might get one or two, but if you're of no value to the people that you got those opportunities from, they're not going to come back to you. So make sure you can actually provide value for these people you think that you want to work with. Don't just think you want to work with them. How can you provide that value, put that plan together? develop the skills necessary to, to, to provide that value you think they need, then, you know, take after it. So sorry, continue, but that's just super important because, you know, yeah, you no, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. I mean, that's it. And at the end of the day, like I see so many photographers wanting opportunity or like, you know, whoever creatives that want opportunities, but they'll just be like, Hey, I'm a designer. If you need anything, let me know. Like you kind of have to, <laughs> if you really want to make things happen, you have to be like, I notice you're, I notice you're trying to market your clothes, but you would do better if you had some good photos and I could, I could do that for you, you know, and, and like you be very specific with it. The more specific you can be with it, the better. I know that I've on multiple occasions just done things like on my own that I've done for brands that like get a lot of attention, like I don't know if you looked at this, but I one time made this commercial for the for cacti for mm-hmm. Travis Scott's mm-hmm. cacti drink. Yeah. Yeah. And I just did it because I thought that like I knew like the timing was right. I knew that you posted that video on TikTok, didn't you? I like posted it on down. TikTok and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I saw it on TikTok, and that's actually how I found you, by the way. But continue. See, that's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Like I actually so many people. I know now like kind of told me like 
like oh yeah like i remember that like seeing that which is exactly what i'm saying like it kind of pays off but nobody is like i remember when i posted that video like i'm making a commercial for travis scott's cacti drink people were telling me like yo like like you're doing work for free for like a millionaire like this is ridiculous like why would you even do this like i understood that me doing that was going to bring in way more attention like cacti is not going to hit me up they don't know who i am they don't know like who i am at all i don't have work like that i don't they don't have any reason to hit me up so i decided let me just make something and get their attention and that's kind of what it takes sometimes like you have to get the attention of people that you're doing sometimes an email is not enough sometimes you have to make something and say hey like i made this like this gets attention yeah and to like give like a quick example in terms of like podcasting because i know i have a lot of podcasting people that want to do podcasting right now and want to interview certain people like one thing that i've noticed for myself that like i i halfway do on purpose but most of the time i don't even really do on purpose i just uh, end up noticing it and it anyways to get to the point <laughs> is uh so if there's somebody that i want to have on my podcast say it's uh I like to interview business people, right? So say I want to interview Alex Hormozy, who's like a huge sales marketing guy in the gym space, but also is doing a lot of other stuff. Dope guy, right? But he has a large following. He's a he's making like 47 million or more a year. Like he's not going to be paying attention to me. So what do I do? I start interviewing people in his network that aren't on his level yet. So maybe they're super dope. They, they have a lot of value to provide to my audience, but they're also connected to Alex. So interview them then interview the next person and then and then it kind of follows on then all, all of a sudden this person now knows who I am because I've been creating in the space that they're in purposefully so it's like it, that's like a podcasting example but like your example is so perfect especially for creators it's like are you, are, if you're a producer like you need to be making beats that if you want to work with uh, Lil Wayne make fucking 50 beat packs a year that sound just like Lil Wayne's like type of style and be putting that in front of his artist that he signs under him or put that in front of people from his city that he pays attention to look at his twitter and see whose page he's been liking and then go and make beats for those people's pages you know what i'm saying so you have to be very creative like you said an email or a dm may not be enough and it makes sense because most of the time people you want to work with are probably people with big followings it's gonna be hard for them mm -hmm. to see your dm when they have a hundred thousand followers and hundred thousand people dming them so you got to be more creative, but I, love I agree. It's all about breaking through that noise. And mm -hmm. there's so much noise. It's like, how can you break through? And, and there's so many creative ways to do it. I'll give another example too. Like, um, I know that. So during the pandemic, actually like Zeke, you know, who I work with started streaming. And I noticed like one day on Instagram, he posted like just a, like a photo of his stream and I was like, you know, like we can do better than this. I just whipped them up. <laughs> I just whipped them up. Like uh, I just whipped them up a little like dope video to promote his stream. And I felt like that's just something a lot of people wouldn't do because like they wait till somebody asks them to do something. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, nah, like I realized that this is something I have the skill to improve. And then I just texted to him, you know, it's done that what that really shows as a creative, though, for like, you know, people that are listening in is that sometimes you just have to show that people don't always understand that this is something that needs to be done, or this is something that I could actually use help with. But 
you have to sometimes just show them. You have to sometimes just provide that value and, and do things yourself. Like you can't just wait till somebody tells you to what to do. Like if you, and I mean, that's how you'd be successful at the end of the day. Like, are you somebody that always has to be given orders or are you somebody that can actually identify a problem, identify where somebody could use your expertise and then provide that value? Man, and that's that. that's the whole difference mm -hmm. that's how you're gonna win in conclusion knock on the motherfucking doors <laughs> knock on the doors exactly <laughs> that too i love it i love it i love it so um you kind of jumped into it already so i wanted you to share before we move on to our second section <laughs> move on to the second section of questions i wanted to ask you about um your story of how you ended up connecting with Ezekiel and how you ended up getting the uh, Dallas Cowboys um, work, being able to shoot some of their content on the field. Yeah. So that is a crazy story. It all starts out at a young thug concert <laughs> <laughs> of all so, places, of all places. It starts out at a young thug concert. Like it is a long story of many years that only like literally makes no sense, but it makes sense now years later. But basically what happened is any show that would come into town, I would always try to go and photograph it because I was really into music photography. Another thing is that the hip hop scene, the the hip hop scene was so related to like fashion, music and 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 sports like they're all so interconnected, which I realized. But oh, yeah. another thing is like when I would I, whenever I would go to hip hop shows, I would always feel like very accepted. I always felt like me going there with the camera. I was involved with the community. I would meet familiar people, familiar artists. I always felt like very accepted to go there versus me like shooting other places. I would maybe feel out of place. I always felt very accepted when I would go to hip hop shows. So anyway, like I wanted to go photograph this Young Thug and 21 Savage show. And I had no idea like how to do that. I mean, I kind of had a strategy. So what I would do whenever any big show would come into town, I would start messaging the manager. I would start messaging the artist. I would message the opening artist. Like, try to see, like, who could use me as a photographer so I can get in. And nobody responded. But, like, an hour before the show, I noticed Young Doug's photographer goes on Instagram Live. Literally hop on his live. I'm like, hey, bro, like, I'm a photographer. I would love to help you photograph the show something along the lines of like something like that and he was amazing enough so thankful like and and the crazy thing is like there's so many people like this in my experience like so many creatives that are willing to help other creatives and this was just amazing like he was like yeah sure like he dm'd me after live ended and was like yeah i wrote you a pass like pick it up when you get here so i i rushed over to the venue to go photograph this show and I photographed it and then I, I posted the photos. And I think what I would do after these shows is I would start like to build up my audience and build up my reach is like I would tap the like location on Instagram and just start commenting and liking like people that right. like there. posted. Yeah, mm -hmm. that were there. So that way I would get more attention on my stuff. <laughs> so then <laughs> so. Then after I posted like some of the photos, like there was this crazy photo I took of Young Thug, which is like one of the best photos I've probably still taken to this day. But somebody DM me after that and they were like, yo, like this is fire. Like we got to shoot. And I was like, OK, like this is great. Like I'm, I'm always down to shoot because this is like I'm so like, hungry for these opportunities. Like, yes, like let's yes, get I would it. Like let's, to come. <laughs> I would like to go shoot. So 
um we i did a photo shoot and it was for this artist his name is rez like me and him are really cool he and he gave me like this huge opportunity in a way like he made a lot of opportunities happen for me by just believing me and trusting me early on to like you know shoot for him and he's a he's an artist now and so he basically let me do the shoot we kept working and then one night he hits me up he he calls me he's like hey do you want to come to this g easy concert and i'm like yeah sure i would love to come to this g easy's concert so i come to my come there with my camera and then he introduced me to zeke that day and we're i'm just going around with them like taking photos like at the same time like trippy red is there like i took a photo with him and trippy red and halsey g easy like for uh it was it was a kind of a crazy night in a way for me to be in that like meeting all these stars at the same time i'm like it also felt right because i was like this is what i've kind of been wanting to do so it wasn't like right. yeah so you didn't it was up, it you was didn't end cool. up there on accident that's for sure yeah and uh, at the time i was just like you know this is this is crazy it was just moving fast i didn't even really have time to process in that way i'm only looking back on it like this was this was a crazy moment because i'm looking back on it and it's just like after that like similar experiences happened you know i'm i'm still doing my thing i'm going to shows i'm still working i'm doing like my life did not change after that one night you know what i mean like i'm doing i'm going right back to my college classes and working i'm i'm doing this and that like still uh still grinding on whatever projects i can find from anything i can do but over time you know like zeke asked me to do a couple more things for him like you know and and over time what really what really happened is you know we got a little bit more familiar and he asked me a couple or i guess like almost a year ago like like i'm really trying to work on my social media you know this off season because i don't have anything to post and and i was like yeah like we could totally get that done like let's do it like I'm, this is like kind of something i'm waiting for you know in a way like i'm ready to go to work so we basically went to work and I just started creating all of these different content pieces for him to post during the off season. I think we did that. And I don't think any other players were really doing that. And it generated so much attention. Like literally I feel Zeke was the talk of that, that whole off season last year because nobody's really creating that content. And also he's off, of course, like a, like a superstar and everybody's got their eyes on him, but also in terms of creating that content, we, we took the fans on this whole journey from being like this whole redemption arc in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. of a story Mm -hmm. that that's what people have told me when they, when they watched it over time and just seeing him train, they got so hyped up for the season and whatnot. And, and we generated all that attention. And after I made those videos, like the NFL hit me up and we're basically like, why don't you just do this? in the season two and i was like sure that's pretty much exactly how it went (laughs) i was (laughs) like yeah so that's pretty much how it happened like things really move fast in a way after that so but i love it i love it. that's how that whole that's how that whole thing went down i did want to ask uh two follow-up questions and feel free to uh veto like and not (laughs) have to answer this if you're not allowed to or whatever but i just think some of the audience members might be interested so when you get hit up by the NFL, do you mean the NFL like DM'd you or like how exactly did that work? So like basically like somebody that works a part of the specific um, team 
I guess you could say the the team of content creators they have, it's actually called the LCC program. So Ah. they have this, you know, that's pretty much like the division of content creators they have across the nation. So basically one of the people that run that team DM me and asked me to, you know, kind of just connect with them. We, you know, we had a call basically like interview, I guess you could say. And, and after that, after everything, like, you know, they decided everything aligned, they were like, yeah, like, let's just lock in and, and set everything up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, I did want to ask, uh, again, these are like more follow-up questions along, along that, uh, that's all good. No, um, I mean, I, I enjoy this cause you're looking at like, how can people, you know, I mean, everyone's kind of wants to replicate and not replicate, but like, you know, see how they can make this work. So I'm open to as much as I can provide. Right on, right on. So, so I was wondering like exactly, so they hit you up, they had like a interview, like what does like pregame look like? And this is going to, we're going to extend this interview a little longer if you're okay. Cause I do want to ask you these other questions aside from these. So I'm if, all good. good on time, but I'm okay. all good. I'm all good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So can you talk about, um, yeah, what does like pregame look like? So your first game you went to, like, like how are you getting like stadium? Like what's just what's the day look like? How does that? How does a game yeah. day look like for, for well, people who might end I'm up a, doing that in the future? <laughs> yeah, I'll say one thing is like you know you mentioned my first game. This is not necessarily answering your question, but I'll say one thing that I think might be helpful for other people is like you know when I had my first game, I was like in a way going through it. I was like in my head like damn like this is crazy because my whole journey I've never like really worked with somebody as big as the NFL like you don't really do that you know like the NFL is one of the biggest people that you can really work with in a way so I was like damn like how did I even end up here like I really (laughs) hope I don't mess this up because I've never like literally my first game was the second time I ever been to a football game in my whole life. Damn. Like I've never been to a football <laughs> game. The only other time before that was like one time um, I did something with Zeke. Like I was, uh, I was filming for Zeke. So I ended up going to a football game. That was my first time going to a game. And then my second time was, was like, you know, on the field on the second time and, and filming. So I'm like, this is crazy. Like I'm not even like a big football, like fan in a way. So somehow I ended up working like that. Like now I'm a huge football fan, but (laughs) like growing up, I wasn't, so I don't even really understand the game like that. And I'm just like, damn, but I had to definitely tell myself that like, and other people told me the same thing. Um, Some of the people that I worked with, they were like, you know, like you wouldn't be here if, if like, if you weren't invited or what was it? It was like, you know, just do what got you invited. And I just told myself that like, at the that. end of the day, like, that's why you're there. Like, just do what you do, what got you invited. It's as simple as that. Like, cause like we always, I guess, feel that we're not like worthy in a way. Sometimes like you have that imposter syndrome of whenever, whenever you're going through things, I usually don't have it, but that was one situation where I did have it. But to answer your question, a pregame, how it looks like is we get there about four hours before the game. We, we just go inside and we start like, we get the arrivals of the players we get, you know, we get all of them arriving. And then after that, we're getting the warmups. And during this whole time, like in between things, like we're getting the content and we're sending it out. So people are posting it like 
we're sending it out and they're five posting it all later. over social media. Yeah, like five minutes, like a- ASAP, like as soon as they get it. And then, I mean, it gets even crazier when we get in the game because in the game, it's like we're getting, you know, we're focusing on the ba- major moments like touchdowns and things like that. So as soon as they get a touchdown, we're running over to our laptops and like sending it right there. And we're just doing that the whole game, like any any major moments that happen. And That's then so y'all we get home. Y'all, y'all yeah. catching content. I'm just, I'm just imagining it in my head. You're like, catch content, catch content, catch content. You have a moment to like run to your laptop. You run back to your laptop, take the chip out, plug the chip. I don't know how that works. Yeah, thing, yeah. But, you know. That's exactly pretty much what it is. Yeah. Take, take the, the chip, chip out, out yeah. put it in the computer, upload it, boom, send it off. Up, I assume you guys upload it to a drive or something like that that's connected to something, blah, 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 thing. Boom, boom, boom. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, but that's it's only, you know, about. it's it's not as, it, it is crazy, but it's not like we have to do it so much. It's like only at the touchdowns. But like right, if the right. game is getting yeah. really crazy, then yeah. But, you know, you're not going to have a touchdown every two seconds. But right. <laughs> it's <know>. it's manageable, <laughs> but it's definitely like, yeah, I mean, speed is the game. Like we we want to get that. Like that's the whole that's the whole thing. Like getting it ASAP. Like that's what that's how the whole world works. Like people people need it ASAP. So this the coolest part media. is like the coolest part is going home and like you get to see like your your videos and everything yeah. like all over. Like you're just like 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 our content gets posted by so many people. It's just so open many. for. Yeah like you know whoever the nfl was like the different teams it was the players like Whoever's you see your content everywhere Kanye yeah. West, whoever yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's cool to see that that's for sure do you remember like the first time like you saw some of your work and you like showed somebody like one of your friends or mom or something and you're like ma look or like hey bro look what i did do you remember the first i remember time? the first time but yeah like I mean, I repost it on my story or like show people course, like, like, course, and yeah. if it's something really cool, I'll, I'll show people. Yeah. I mean, it is a cool feeling like in a way I, I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I particularly was super like crazed, but it is definitely a cool. Feel. I don't know. I feel like I'm not outwardly crazed that much, no, but I, I yeah, like you, in my you, head, I'm like, this like, is crazy. Dope. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> i feel it right on right on man i love that i did want to cover that part so i'm glad we got to the, to talk about that i want to transition to my last few questions for the day these are kind of a little bit more i guess you could say personal and and hopefully the insights from these questions can kind of help people out there with whatever they're going through or, or wherever they're at right now in their life so um the first question is what is one of the best or maybe the most worthwhile investments you've ever made it could be in uh investment of money it could be time it could be energy what would you say like you know in the past you know three to five years was like the most worthwhile investment you've ever made good question i want to say for me it what i think what really sped me up honestly was buying a like a fast computer because prior (laughs) We have a little pause. Must have froze. Oh, I think we froze for a second. There we are. Good now. We're we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, continue. You're so you start with the the last thing I heard you say was um, uh, can you hear me? By the way, yes, awesome, yes, yes. awesome. So the last thing I heard you say was getting a fast computer. Yeah, yeah. So getting a fast computer. I was gonna say in a few years that answer will probably change to something because I'm 
more conscious about my health and whatnot now. But right. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I remember like I was editing on this, I think like an older laptop or or something like that, like something that wasn't good. When I got like a faster computer to edit and I like, it was a big investment for me at the time. It was really a big deal because I just became so much more efficient. Like I could edit my projects so much faster and that in turn like let me just have like be able to do more projects like I was I had a way better time and and that's just like that's just it like it comes down to that efficiency like I'm a big believer in in being efficient so I that me investing my money to buy that lap or buy that computer like I remember it paying off like instantly because I was able to just work so much more productive hell yeah I love it I love it and so first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys are thinking about what could be the most worthwhile investment you could make in the next few months that's going to help you, um, I guess you could say, speed up your timeline to whatever goals um, that you have. Have you been spending money where it doesn't have any uh, value add and could you allocate that money somewhere else? Have you been spending time somewhere where it could be allocated to something more important? Um, so just think about that moving forward for the rest of this podcast. Um, what's an unusual habit or maybe an absurd thing that you really, really love doing or that you really, really love? It could be, you know, a specific Netflix show nobody would think about. It could be going golfing on the water, whatever it is. What's an unusual habit or maybe an absurd thing that you really love? Dang, this is this is an interesting question. I don't know. I have a lot of weird things about me. Like, for example, <laughs> I have this uh, Harry Potter one that I use. I didn't use it right now, but I just hold this and talk to people sometimes. <laughs> that is so. very interesting. I like that. That's <laughs> actually a great one. That's a great it's one. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. And another thing uh, that my friends always tell me is that I always, like, hold random objects <laughs> that are, like, like, I'll just be talking to people. And I didn't do it <laughs> on this podcast, but, like, I would, like, just, I'll just, like, take, like, a lighter and just start, like, like just doing this, like when I'm talking to people, <laughs> like what's wrong with you? Like you're going to hurt somebody or you're like, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, so those are a few things. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. This is, this is a way for the audience to get to know you a little bit better before we wrap up. Um, in the last five years, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life? So first we talked about their worthwhile investment. This is more of a, you know, a belief, a mindset or certain actions you've been taking that have improved your life greatly over the past few years. Yeah, I definitely say in the past few years, I started being more intentional with my days Hmm. because, you know, I also got this tap because in memory of like one of my friends that I lost in a way, it says you can die anytime. Hmm. And I got that because it's just like. I realize that is so true. Like we have so many different dreams and aspirations. And like, if you lose somebody like that's at it, that, you know, they're at a young age and they have so many dreams and aspirations, like it makes you feel like, like I can't waste my time here. Like right. I have so many different things that I want to do. And I'm, I have to be like making use of that time. And I think uh, that's something I've really changed, like being as intentional as possible with my time, my relationships with people, like all these different things, because you'll be getting pushed and tugged like all sorts of different ways of where your time should be spent and and what you should be doing. But like at the end of the day, it's like you don't know when you could be gone. So that's why, like really over the past few years, I've done a lot more work on just 
putting more content out because that's my content out in a way i mean like just trying to tell my story and inspire people to to do what they want to do like that's what i find the most fulfillment in and so yeah that's pretty much like one of my my biggest mind shifts mind shift switches from the past few years tongue twister no yeah, I, love tongue twister for I love that super important man intentionality and in everything that we do in our day-to-day life and understanding that time is limited it is limited and you don't have a control and when you know it leaves or comes or goes or anything like that so make the best of every day i love it so before we sign out today i want you to share with the people specifically creators out there what you think is the most important piece of advice at this current moment in your life for creators young creators to to know um coming up and coming in the game and this is any type of creator this can be you know somebody who specifically wants to work for the nfl could be somebody who wants to be young thugs next photographer what do you think is like the most important um, piece of advice or skill that they need to have coming into the game i'm gonna say two things so one i'm gonna say you just gotta get started and that means you can't be waiting on trying to get the next piece of latest equipment or you can't be waiting on this and that like you just have to get started the more things you make the better you're going to be it's going to take you like maybe a hundred times maybe a thousand times maybe two thousand times like who knows like how many times it's going to take you but you're always like yeah those reps and you're always one poster you're always one thing away from like that big next leap and you don't know what that is going to be but it's you just have to really just get started and doing those reps. I think a lot of people are just waiting for that right time. Like you have to get started. The next thing I think I realized is also what I'm realizing more now is, or like, I've always kind of know this, but I guess early on, I always thought like kind of what you said, like, Oh, like I want to build, I want to be young Doug's photographer. I want to do that with this person. Like I want to be Drake's photographer. I want to work with Drake. I want to make, no, like, what I realized is there's more fulfillment with you building with the people around you. And if you really realize all these people like Drake, like you realize that the people they work with, they've been working with for a long time. Like mm-hmm. they really, for the, for the most part, like obviously not everybody, but they've been working with people and you look in the stories of all these great people, they built their teams years ago and they've been working together. They've, they've, they both came up together and it's like we're like what really sets us back is like we're always looking for that opportunity from somebody that's five thousand steps ahead of us and i'd rather build with the people that are around me there's more fulfillment in it you're gonna you're just gonna feel better about it overall like you're gonna build with the people around you you're gonna go from nothing to something with with that group with that brand and it's just gonna bring you like more success rather than yeah like rather than just like stepping into what somebody else already built building something on your own is just like way more it's just going to be better that sparked the that sparked the quote that i think summarizes everything you just said right there um from naval and naval says build long-term relationships with long-term people Mm -hmm. build long-term relationships with long-term people and I think that's super important to understand the value of compound interests. And that compound interest applies to friendships, not just money. It applies to business relationships, not just money. 
um, and, and applies to creativity and putting out content, not just money. The, the compounded interest of being consistent and putting in that work every single day and understanding, you know, that that will pay off in the long run is super key. You know, like Nipsey Hussle said, rest in peace to the king. The marathon continues. You just got to keep going. So I love it, man. Before we sign out of here today, man, I just want to say I really appreciate you, your time on this conversation. I love being able to talk to other people, you know, same similar age group and hearing their stories and seeing what they're doing and allowing them to have a space to, to share, you know, their journey and to reflect on their journey. Because I'm sure there was some processes during this conversation where you got the yes. opportunity to reflect. Um, and I'm sure you inspired somebody in the audience today. It doesn't matter if it was all of them, but I'm sure there was one and, and that's all that matters, man. So before we sign out, share where they can find you, where they can support your work, how they can tap in with you. If they live in Dallas or around Dallas or they have money and they live in California, they can fly you out. Anybody who wants to work <laughs> with you, where can, where can they find you? Where can they find your work? How can they support you? Yeah. So at Dejex Patel, yeah, all platforms, you know, we got Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok is my main platform I'm creating on right now. Tap in on YouTube as well. But just, you know, that's the name. Dejex Patel on everything. And do you have a website? I do have a website. DejPatel.com. Love it. Love it. And let me ask you one last question. <laughs> let's get it. We're here. I, I say let's. We're here. We got to take advantage of it. All right. It's your last day on earth. You're 177 years old. Your great, great grandkids are sitting at your feet. They ask you great, great grandpa, can you give me a piece of advice on how to live life? And this is all they're going to remember you for. What are you going to say? Damn, it's a tough question. Let's see. Hmm. I mean, I would probably say the same thing. It's just like what I said earlier is just, I would say the same. I would probably say the same thing. It's just like, like you, your life is not guaranteed today or tomorrow or like it, it's not guaranteed. And the people around you's life is not guaranteed. So make sure you understand that and go about your life doing what you want to do. And don't let anybody push and pull you in whatever direction that you don't want to go in because you're trying to make them happy. Just make yourself happy. I love it. I love it. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, leave a five-star review. Share with a friend as that is the only way we can grow. This is your boy, on the Collar Stutzer Show, C-I-Z-Z-Y, signing out.